Good morning, FCF. 10 o'clock. Uh, it's a thrill to be with you in this very different venue. Not exactly um, the way that we're accustomed to meeting, but I hope it will be just as impactful as meaningful to you. Uh, I just want to give thanks for uh, all the faithfulness that has been expressed and shown in these couple weeks. It's been an unusual time. I couldn't be more thrilled with how faithful you guys have shown your love for Christ and your love for one another and your love for the church and the work that Christ is doing at FCF. And uh, I, I hope that continues. I hope we'll just grow and we'll learn things and come back better and stronger than ever. And I can tell you, our staff has already uh, been forced to learn so many innovative things that we're gonna be a better church and we're gonna be able to serve you and serve one another better. And even these videos are uh, part of that learning experience. Well, I wanna to talk to you today very specifically about the circumstances we're in because uh, the thing that's hard about what we're encountering right now is that it's full of uncertainty. When you think about how this thing started, it almost seemed surreal. It didn't seem possible. And there was no certainty. Is this just a virus? Is it something we should even care about? Is it something that's just like viruses that come and go every year? Or is it more than as it went on? It's like, no, it seems like it's much more than that. It's passed much faster. And that's like, well, gee, how, how is it passed? How long does it last on the surface? Was it last a day, two days, 17 days? What, what is it? So there was so much uncertainty, and even still, we have a lot of uncertainty. Well, how long do we need to stay hunkered down? Uh, will we stay hunkered down, you know, eight weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks? Who knows? So this has been one of the most uncertain, unsettling periods, probably in your lifetime and my lifetime, too. But I want, to, I want to suggest to you, for we that are Christ followers, this is a divine timeout. Look at it any way you want. I'm not trying to say God engineered this. I'm not saying he caused it. I'm not saying it's part of his anger, wrath, wrath displeasure. I'm not saying any of that stuff. I'm just saying that it is definitely a timeout for the whole world in a way that has made us aware of how vulnerable, how fragile, how needy, and how empty we are without a connection with our Creator and without that, that eternally healthy kingdom life that we all crave. Uncertainty. Uncertainty is a, is a condition that we as human beings, we, we just don't like. If we know when something starts and something stops, we can usually deal with it no matter how hard it is. But, but less than ideal conditions for an indefinite period of time, that's, that's very uncomfortable for us. I'm going to take you to a book in the New Testament, and it's one that we have visited periodically from time to time, and it's the book of Philippians, and I'm going to literally give you kind of a scan, a survey of Philippians, but to give you a bit of background, the Apostle Paul is the writer of Philippians. He established the church in Philippi. You can read about it on your own in Acts chapter 16, and when he is writing this letter, however, and Philippians is a letter, we call it a book, but it's a letter. He was writing to the church in Philippi that he had established probably 10 to 12 years earlier. So he's writing them back. He's trying to fill in some gaps in their information, correct a couple of little relational things going on in the church and so forth. But in that process, he gives us some information, truth about God, truth about life that is so valuable. And particularly today, this particular book, I think, has a lot to say to us. Let, let me set it up for you. When Paul writes this letter to the Philippians, he is in, he's chained up in Rome. He, he's imprisoned in Rome. You can read about this in Acts chapter 28 on your own. The last, very, the last chapter of the book of Acts, you'll find him there imprisoned in Rome. 
And the truth is, it comes out in this particular letter, he doesn't know if he's going to be released. He doesn't know if he's going to be executed. And so you talk about uncertainty. The man is in jail. He's done nothing wrong. He didn't want to be in jail. He wanted to still serve God, serve people. And yet here he was. The circumstances were out of his control, just as coronavirus is out of our control. It shut down our life. Paul's life was suddenly shut down. And for two years, he is shut down, so to speak, and yet he found a way to serve God effectively, even as he is in chains. Hence, we have this extraordinarily powerful writing that tells us so much truth about God in life. But I want to say that he himself was writing from a place of tremendous uncertainty in his own life, whether he was even going to live or die. Now, the thing about uncertainty in Paul's life is that it just for some reason, didn't seem to affect him. In this book of Philippians, it's just, you know, four short chapters, and yet he uses the words joy and rejoice 16 times. He just says things like in chapter 4, verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. You're going to read in a minute that it starts out talking about joy. So how does this guy pull this off? I don't like uncertainty. You don't like uncertainty. We certainly don't like the uncertainty we have encountered during this, um, you know, coronavirus shutdown. Yet this man was in tremendously uncertain circumstances, but he seemed to have tremendous joy. It goes counter to what we would think would be possible intuitively. So I want to share with you his secret, because the secret that Paul had is the secret that the Spirit of God wants you and I and every Christ follower to have. We can have it, during this time, and I want to go further, we, we must have it, in my opinion, during this time, because we don't know exactly when this is going to end. We all hope it's going to end sooner than later, but realistically, we have no certainty of that at all. So, I'm going to start reading, and I'm going to jump you in some passages. We're going to look literally at seven different passages in the book of Philippians, and here's his secret. Paul's secret is that he has fastened on to some divine certainties that enable him to live in the midst of uncertainties. Let me repeat that. Paul has fastened on to some divine certainties that enable him to live with temporal uncertainties and yet be unscathed by them mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Maybe I can give you a little, little example that would help. Let's just suppose that... Uh, you're at home, uh, and, uh, and I hope this is not your case, but your supplies are dwindling, and maybe you're watching your 401k go down the tubes like we all are, and um, maybe you're even low on toilet paper, and you're wondering where this is going to end. And so you're, you're getting a little anxious. You're getting a little worried. You're, you're a little concerned. Your supplies are dwindling. You're not sure about your future and your vocation. Maybe nerves are wearing thin in your family structure and so forth. So let's put you in that circumstance, and even though I hope that that is not your case, but now let me change just one thing that's going to change the entire way you feel. You're, I'm going to take you, I guarantee you, I'm going to take you from feeling worried and anxious and maybe even on the brink of despair I'm going to take you to where Paul is, where you're going to be talking about joy and almost laughing your way through this present crisis. You see, Randy, that's ridiculous. There's nothing you could say that's going to make me feel that way. Let me change just one thing. Suppose it was certain that just before this coronavirus, 
crisis came to pass, you absolutely had the winning lottery ticket. It's right now in your possession. You have it. And so you're just sitting waiting on about $300 million. You know, as soon as things get cleaned up a little bit and it's safe to move around and function, that, that's your money. You're, you have $300 million waiting for you. Do you think you could, you could eat some canned food for a little longer if you had to with a little bit of joy in your heart? You see, when we have something that is big enough, that is certain, dependable enough, and it's certain, it will enable us, listen carefully, it will enable us to not just tolerate the present uncertainties, but literally to transcend them and, and thrive in the midst of them and to be like this man, to have joy, to talk about joy, to have peace, you'll hear him talking about peace, to be content, you'll hear him talking about contentness. Uh, God wants us to have this in spite of any circumstance of uncertainty we may be encountering. All right, let me get you into the text. I'm going to start reading in chapter 1, and I want to start with verse 4. He starts out, he says, I always pray with joy. Notice he starts out, the man is in jail. He's in prison in Rome. He doesn't know if he's going to live or die. I always pray with joy in my every prayer for all of you. He goes on to say this, For I, I am sure of this very thing, that the one who began a good work in you will perfect it or bring it to completion. It's a Greek word, teleos there, who will perfect it or bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. First divine certainty that gave Paul joy. Paul knew that there were real followers of Christ in Philippi. And he knew that when someone is an authentic follower of Christ, the Spirit of God has done a rebirth work in that person. They are a new creature in Christ. They have the Spirit of God indwelling them who will never leave them and forsake them. They know, Paul knew they are sealed as God's possession by that Spirit and that the day will come that God will claim them. He says, I am certain that the one that started a work in you, you are a follower of Christ. The, the evidence is, is everywhere. And he's going to continue that work, not just in us as individuals, but also, Paul is saying, in that good Philippian church. He was saying, the work that God started there in Philippi, corporately as well as individually, he knew for certain it was going to go on. There was a, a divine movement that Paul was allowed to be a part of, and that great, gave him great joy. Let's look down just a little bit more in verse 12. He says, I want you to know, brothers and sisters that my situation has actually turned out to advance the gospel. You would think that Paul being arrested would, would halt the forward progress of the gospel. He says, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that my situation has actually turned out to advance the gospel. The whole imperial guard and everyone else knows that I am in prison for the sake of Christ. Notice what he said there. He snuck something in that's kind of interesting. He says, the whole imperial guard know that I'm in prison for Christ. How did they know? Well, they were chained up to him. There were men on shifts that were chained to Paul. You can read about it in Acts 28. And they're hearing Paul talk all day long about Christ. And then they're telling other people, Paul is in, has infiltrated the inner circle 
of the very, uh, you know, empire of Rome. And he's saying far from the gospel being impeded or slowed down, the work of God is going forward and it's penetrating into what looked to be impenetrable circles. This divine certainty that Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, he says, this gospel uh, will go through all the earth. He said that my kingdom will not come to its fullness. The end will not come until the gospel goes into every nation of the earth. Jesus said that, that his word would endure to the end of the age. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, that we are to go and make disciples in all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teach them to obey everything that Jesus commanded, and that he is with us until the end of the age. So nothing can stop the gospel. He said in Matthew 16, 18, that the, the very gates, the councils of hell, cannot stop the forward move, movement of Christ and his message and its saving, transforming power. And that was a divine certainty that Paul was experiencing. And he's kind of given a little signal that Romans 8, 28, he said, he's saying to the Philippians, you see, everything does work out for good to those that love the Lord and those that are called according to his purpose. It's kind of like Genesis 50, 20, where Joseph says to his his fear-filled brothers, he says, you meant it to me for evil, but God meant it for, uh, for good to save many lives when they sold him into slavery in Egypt. Anyway, that was the second divine certainty that gave Paul this transcendent joy and peace in the midst of uncertainty. Let me drop you down to verse 20. He speaks again. He says, my confident hope, listen to the certainty that he has. My confident hope is that I will in no way be ashamed, but that with complete boldness, even now as always, Christ will be exalted in my body. And that word exalted, it could be said magnified. It's, it's, it's manifested in my body, whether I live or die. He was uncertain whether he was going to live or die. But all he wanted to know is that up until his last breath, Christ would be honored in his body. Listen to what he says in verse 21. For to me, living is Christ and dying is gain. He's in essence saying, I have such a certainty about my destiny past the grave, beyond the grave, that it's nothing at all that's going to steal my joy or my peace. He goes on to say this even more boldly. He says, now if I go on living in the body, this will mean productive work for me. Yet I don't know which I prefer. I feel torn between the two because I have a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is, listen to this, folks, which is far better, but it's more vital for your sake that I remain in the body. So here Paul was saying that in the midst of all the uncertainty that would, would get to most human beings and bring them to the point of despair, the man didn't know if he was going to be executed. Far from it. Paul says, the only thing I want is I want to give Christ honor and glory, no matter what comes out of this, and I know that even if I'm executed, I know that it's far better. I'll go to be with Christ. And he uses a word there. He says, depart and be with Christ. It's, a, it's an interesting word. It's like a ship that's casting off on a desirable voyage. So here Paul was so confident about his time on this earth of being productive, that, that the work of God was going to go on, that he would honor Christ in any and every circumstance, and more confident that even if his life were to end, he didn't have to be afraid of what the end of his life meant. You find a person that's no longer 
imprisoned by the fear of death. That is a person that can't be stopped, and that's a person you can't steal joy from because death is the big spoiler. 1 Corinthians 15, 26, it says that death is the last enemy that God is finally going to cease or cause to cease from existence. And Paul already saw in his own life that is an enemy defeated. So he talks about these certainties that gave him this triumphant ability to transcend. Now I want to turn you to one more in chapter, I'm actually going to turn you to a few more, but the next one is in chapter 3, verse 20. Listen to what he says. He says, but our citizenship, the, the homeland, the government that I belong to, our citizenship is in heaven. It's the kingdom of God, or, or where we are citizens. Our citizenship is in heaven, and we also await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform these humble bodies of ours into the likeness of His glorious body by means of that power by which He is able to subject all things to himself. So here's the certainty that Paul was fastening on to here. He said in the midst of his uncertainty, he was certain about one thing. He belonged not to the kingdom of Caesar, he belonged to the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ. And that meant that when Jesus returned, this body that he had that was frail, just like yours, just like mine, uh, vulnerable to diseases like coronavirus and any number of other things, that's going to change. We're going to receive resurrection, transformed bodies, just like the resurrection body that Christ had. They'll be impervious to disease, pain, sickness, sorrow, death. All those things will go. That was a certainty for Paul's future that he fastened onto in the present that enabled him to transcend the present uh, tendency to have anxiety and despair and maybe even depression in the present circumstance that he was in. And maybe some of you that I'm talking to, you know, you, you're struggling. You, you've let this thing get close to your eyes. You know, if you hold a dime out in front of you like this, two dimes, they don't block your vision at all. You can see the whole horizon around you. You can see the sun, the moon, and the stars, but you can take those two small dimes and place them over your eyes and now you can't see anything. We can so focus on the present problem that it blocks out the great horizon of God's promises. That's why we need this, this vision of divine certainties that allow us to cope with the uncertainties existing in this life. It's kind of like this. Let me give you an example. One of the things I started doing was I started recording football games, Redskin games, and um, I would always try to avoid hearing the scores because I would come home, I'd watch the games, and you watch three-hour game in one hour when you fast-forward through the commercials. But there has been a time or two where somehow or another I hear the score even though I try to avoid it. But let me give you an example. So let's say you're like me, you heard the score, and it was one of those rare occasions where my Redskins win. So, I know that they win the game, I hear the final score, but I'm still going to come home and watch the game because I want to see how they won. So let's just suppose I come home and I start watching the game and the first quarter, man, they're playing terrible. They're getting trounced. Second quarter, they're getting beat even worse. The half ends and it looks like an utter blowout, an utter disaster. But I know something. You see, I, I know how this ends. Because I know how it ends, I don't get anxious, I don't get worried, I don't get in despair. <laughs> I'm just anticipating that second half. 
I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to seeing how the wind comes about. And I'm looking forward to seeing how the churches of Christ and the people of God come out of this coronavirus time as winds. I, I want to see the people of God stronger than ever. I want to see the churches of Christ stronger than ever. <laughs> and I can tell you, we have learned so much as a staff at FCF. I guarantee you, we're going to come out of this stronger, for, stronger than we've ever been. We're going to serve you better than we ever have. And I so hope this has challenged you to go deep with God. Take this time to get to know Him and His Word in a personal way. And that you'll walk out of this because of divine certainty. You know how this ends. You're a citizen of heaven. You're going to receive a resurrection body. Even if you are a little sick or worried right now, someday you're going to receive that body that Jesus is going to give you Himself. And you'll never have a sick day or a painful day again in your life. You know how this ends. The certainty of the ending is made to give you and I the power to have joy and to transcend the uncertainty of the present circumstance. Can you hear what I'm saying? We have to fasten on to these divine certainties to endure with joy the present uncertainties. I can do this, folks. You can do this. God wants us to be able to do this, to be a different kind of a people in the midst of uncertainty. Let me take you to another one. In the same book of Philippians, I'm going to take you to chapter 4. And Paul says these words, and he gets real specific about anxiety. He says, do not be anxious about anything. And that word anxiety, anxious there, it's marimnao, a Greek word. It means worried, anxious, worried. Do not be anxious or worried about anything. Instead, and notice it's, it's a switch there. Instead, in every situation... Through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, tell your request to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, listen to these two words, it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So Paul says, here's the certainty we have. We have the certainty that in circumstances that are uncertain, that bring us anxiety, that bring us worry, that bring us discouragement, that can bring us to despair and even depression. He says, wait a minute, if we'll take our worry, our anxiety, and immediately turn it into a prayer request and thank God, we're, we're confident in God, we're, we're thankful. You're with us. This isn't catching you by surprise, but here's what I need. Here's what I'm feeling. Help me, Lord, whatever language we use. Instead of worrying, anything that's worth worrying over is worth praying over. And if we make it a habit every time we start to worry to say, no, 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 I'm not going to do this. I'm going to pray about this. Then God promises us. He gives us the certainty that the peace of God will guard our hearts and our minds. That word guard there in the original language, it, it means to garrison. It's like a fort. It's saying God will put a fort around our emotional well-being, our mental emotional well-being. He'll guard, he'll garrison our hearts and our minds in Christ. We'll see ourselves united with Christ. We'll see Christ with us, and the uncertainty of the present will not be able to steal our peace and our joy that God wants to give us right now. Now, some of you, 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 you need to stop right here. You just need to stop, and you need to take your worries, express them in prayer to God, and then leave them there. Thank Him that He has heard you. And trust Him to answer that prayer in the way that He chooses to answer it, in the way and in the timing. And then you watch that peace of God start to garrison or guard your heart. That, that's a certainty that God gives us in the midst of uncertainty. 
Paul knew this by experience. He didn't know if he was going to live or die. Let me take you to another one. And this one is really a, a beautiful and amazing one. In the same fourth chapter, he says, he says this, and I'm going to pick you up in verse 10. He says, I have great joy in the Lord because now at last you have again expressed your concern for me, meaning the Philippians expressed their concern for Paul. Now I know you were concerned before, but had no opportunity to do anything. But here's where he's really trying to take us. Listen to verse 11. I'm not saying this because I am in need. Mind you, he's chained day and night to a soldier in a Roman prison. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned. The word that is used them, it is only used once in the New Testament, the Greek word. It means I have been initiated. It was used for the, the mystery religions in those days. Paul is saying, I've been initiated, the secret initiation right. I have learned, I have been initiated, I have learned by experience to be content in any circumstance. That is an enormous claim. In the midst of uncertainty, our God wants us to learn, wants us to become initiated into this secret of learning that we can be content in any and every circumstance. Listen to what he says one more time. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content in any circumstance. Paul, how did you learn it? How did you learn the secret? Verse 12, he tells us, I have experienced times of need. That's how he learned. And times of abundance. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret. I've been initiated. I have learned the secret of contentment. Whether I go satisfied or hungry, have plenty or nothing. Folks, let that sit in one time. The way that God shows us that He can bring contentment to us in any and every circumstance is by allowing us to go through the circumstance. The way that God wants to show us today that we can learn peace, we can learn contentment in this coronavirus shutdown circumstance is by going through it, relying on Him, and letting Him show us for ourselves. We can learn to be content. You know, some of you, some of you, you're like me. You've had times in your life where things were a whole lot worse than this. You've had times in your life when you had a whole lot less than what you have now. And I have to say, those that have gone through some of these experiences, we, we have one up on those that have never gone through them. And that's what Paul's saying. He's saying that he had had plenty and he had had nothing. He had gone through all these circumstances and then he had learned that God was faithful in any and every circumstance. So that gave him tremendous confidence in, in his present uncircumstances. Let, let me read it to you fluently now. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content in any circumstance. I've experienced times of need and times of abundance. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of contentment. Whether I go satisfied or hungry, have plenty or nothing, I am able to do all things through the one, meaning Christ, who strengthens me. So here's his secret, that no matter what circumstance he was in, he drew strength from Christ, he relied on Christ, he trusted in Him, and he found that he could be inwardly content regardless of whether he had plenty or whether he had nothing. That God was able to meet him on an interior level in any and every circumstance. Folks, that gives us tremendous certainty 
in the midst of any circumstance and in the midst of any uncertainty. And God wants us, in fact, let me go further. God's giving us an opportunity right now to learn this for ourselves. And if we walk out of this corona shutdown with that experience, that we, we now know the secret. I don't have to be afraid of any circumstance in life. I can be content. God will enable me to do all things. I can do anything. I can face anything. I can go through anything through Christ who strengthens me. Then, then that is a real victory in life. And that gives us that kind of a transcendent joy and peace. One, one more I want to share with you. Listen to what he says in verse 19. He says, And my God will supply your every need. Notice that. Your every need according to his, his glorious riches. Not mine, not yours, but his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So here Paul had, a, had an absolute conviction, an absolute certainty. I might not get what I want. I might not get what I think I need. But God has promised, as long as I'm alive and breathing and on mission, he will see to it that I will have everything that I need. So I just have to stop being worried about it and start being confident and learning to be content because what God does in supplying my needs, it, it may not be my wants. A lot of times we, we get confused, our wants with our needs. But we have this promise, we have this certainty in the midst of uncertainty that God will absolutely supply all our needs through Christ. So, Paul, like you and I, lived in an uncertain world, but he laid hold of these divine certainties, and that gave him great joy, great peace, great contentment in this uncertain world. It's kind of like, and I'll say this in closing, this wonderful thing that we today take for granted, this thing that I call climate control. Every one of us listening to this message enjoys climate control. We grew up with climate control. There's never been a day in our life, probably, for most of us that we didn't have it. If it's hot outside, most of us have a fan, at least, or an air conditioner, or an air conditioning system. We can control our climate. It might be 95 outside, but it can be 70 degrees in our house if we want it. In the wintertime, when it's down to 10 degrees outside, we can keep it a nice toasty 70 degrees once again inside. Climate control. It's an amazing, extraordinary thing. I'm going to just tell you something. Most of the kings and queens that have ever lived and died on this earth would have given their throne away in a heartbeat for climate control, something you and I take for granted. Listen to where I'm taking you on this. The Spirit of God in this message, in this book of Philippians, is saying to you and I, in this coronavirus uncertainty, God wants to give us climate control on the inside. We can have the same joy, same peace, same certainty, the same contentness that this man Paul had when he was in a Roman jail, unsure whether Nero was going to take off his head or not. I hope that this message will fill your heart with peace, with contentment, with quietness, with confidence, with a new passion for Christ, that you will, you will learn by experience now the things that you can only learn by experience because now we have this divine time out and it's time to grow near to our God. I can't wait to... Uh, I can't wait to get back with you in person 
And we're going to have the biggest celebration on that first Sunday back that this church in 28 years has ever had. But until then, be confident and lay hold of these divine certainties. Let, let me pray with you. Our Father and our God, there's so little that we can be certain about in this world that is full of sickness, sorrow, pain, and death. But we know that your kingdom is coming and your will your will will be done on this earth as in heaven. And you have given us great, certain promises that enable us to be partakers of your divine nature, enables us to transcend any and every circumstance. And so help us now by your Spirit to lay hold of these divine certainties that you give to us. I ask this all in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you so much, and uh, I look forward to sharing with you again soon. Now, mind you, you'll be having uh, devotionals coming out from me almost every day of the week. You'll have a big message from me in the meet, uh, on Wednesdays, and you'll have a big message from me on Sundays. So you're literally getting more now, not less. Uh, thank you so much for being so faithful. God bless you. Goodbye now.